Welcome to the 9 to 5 Dropout Show, where you learn from leading experts how to quit your job and successfully start your own business. With your host, author, owner of Mind, Body and Spirit Entrepreneur and creator of the 9 to 5 Dropout Academy, Rachel Thompson. Welcome to the 9 to 5 Dropout Show, which is your weekly inspiration to Quit your nine to five and finally pursue your dreams. Today's guest is James Goy, and he wrote a book, Attract or How to Attract Money Using Your Mind. So, we're really going to be talking about how the power of your mind plays an essential role when you're trying to pursue any sort of business, anything materialistic in this world. So James has an incredible story, and I can't wait for him to go more in depth, but just a quick introduction. In his mid or his late 40s, he was working a low-paying job, you know, had some debt, and took a huge leap of faith and quit all that to pursue writing a metaphysical book on attracting money. So what he wanted to do was really put what he was preaching into practice. And it worked out for him. Fast forward 10 years later, he's an internationally published indie author and a publisher and getting ready to publish his 10th book. Welcome, James. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here, Rachel. Awesome. So I know I just gave a brief introduction, but I know the listeners are really interested in hearing more about your story. So can you just go into how everything played out and how you got to be where you are 10 years later? Certainly, certainly. Well, okay, so like you said, I was in my late 40s. Now that's uh, more than 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago by now. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, my household at the time was $50,000 in credit card debt. And I was working a very low paying job. I was, uh, here I am almost 50 years old and I'm I'm a caregiver for developmentally disabled senior man in his home. Now I love the the guy and all of that, and it's you know it's good humanitarian type work and whatever. But you know, this wasn't my life's calling, <clears throat> and I wasn't making enough money to support the household. And here we were, fifty thousand dollars in credit card debt, borrowing from the cards every month to make up the difference to live, and also to pay the cards every month. So it was kind of spiraling out of control, and uh, the it wasn't too much longer before I knew I would be start getting cut off because you can't get your limits, you know, your, your, what you owe too close to your limits, you know, and then they, they watch your, your credit report. And so they see what's going on with the other cards. And so I knew that this was a dire situation. Now at this point, believe it or not, I had already been working on my book, how to attract money using mind power for about eight years at the time. And people say, well, how can you be, you know, writing a book like that? And here you are, $50,000 in credit card debt. And I like to tell people, well, it's not just what you know or what you've read. It's what you're doing now. I mean, that's what makes you or breaks you. And so anyway, but I had used these um, techniques before uh, with very, you know, amazing results. One time I got out of credit card debt in a four to six week period using one simple affirmation. I got a gift for $10,000 at the end of that period. And so I knew this stuff worked. I absolutely knew it. Uh, I'd been into it for, for decades at this point. And so what I did was I, I was on the phone with someone and 
I got drained. My energy really got drained. And when I got off the phone, I realized that just it was like a, an epiphany. It was this spiritual knowing that came on me that if I was ever going to do this thing, that I had to I had to withdraw into myself and I had to focus all of my energy on it. And then the other the surprising thing was to me that I had to quit my job. And I thought, oh, okay. But it was such a strong knowing. So I went in and immediately went into silence. I didn't speak for the next 10 days. I even had to write a note to pass to a housemate to go ahead and call and quit my job for me, which is not like me because I'm a very responsible person. You know, I usually would get two weeks notice. Mm -hmm. I quit my job and I locked myself in this attic room. I had literally had one small window way down at the end. I had an air conditioner through the, the wall on the slanted ceiling. And I locked myself in that room. The next 10 days, I was in silence and I was working on the book and 100% doing what I was writing about. I was doing my affirmations, my visualization. I was, you know, thinking as if I had the end results in my mind, all the things that are in the book, I was doing them. And of course, I was reading all these other quotes I was arranging for the book and I just immersing myself in this information and in this consciousness. And within a three month period, uh, we, I attracted two six-figure windfalls into the house. That's within a three-month period, and that's not like a book advance or something. The book would not be published until a year after I quit my job. So it was about nine years from when I started writing the book to when I finally, uh, you know, published it. Wow. And so, so, but I'd like to point out a few things about this. Number one is, you know, I don't tell people to quit your job. But also, if it's right for them, they'll know because I had an absolute knowing. I mean, I knew I, you know, like everything on the surface said, no, don't quit the only income you have coming in when you're, you know, $50,000 in credit card debt. Um, but I had an absolute knowing, so I followed it. I, and I was acting as if, which is a, a metaphysical technique. In other words, what does a, in my mind, I wanted to be a self-help author. What does a self-help author do? Well, they stay home and write. That was my vision of it. That, that's what I would do. And so I just started being that thing right now. And so one thing I like to point out to people, sometimes in life, it's not about when you have the money, when you have the time, when you make the connections, when you do this, when you do that. Sometimes it's like I, uh, William James, I think, uh, or Emerson, uh, I should check that, but um, do the thing and you'll have the power. Do the thing and you'll have the power. So when we step forward, a lot of times, uh, if we're in our right, you know, trajectory spiritually and everything, the universe will step in and it will make things happen. So that's one thing. The other thing I like to point out is that that um, now I've had other even six figure windfalls and things. I've had amazing results with with mind power, applying it specifically for money. But what I like to point out to people is that is still to date my greatest uh, uh, financial um um, demonstration within a, a, that short of a period. In other words, two six-figure windfalls in, in a three-month period. Uh, I haven't outdone that yet. And uh, But that came on the heels of the very lowest financial spot that I've ever been in my life uh, before or since, and that's $50,000 in credit card debt, not just broke, but owing $50,000. And so that forced me to dig into myself and to take a stand and to and to use my inborn, you know, um, uh, mind power that we all have. Everybody has this, and to to make a stand. And so sometimes our and you hear people years later. Oh, at the time it was the worst thing that could ever happen, but now I see it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I like to tell people, you know, hindsight. Sure, that's great, but how about 
instead of having to wait years before we look back and say, oh, that was a really great thing, the things we're going through now look at them and say, somehow this is good. Somehow this is going to work out for the best. And so it's just, and I am a completely different person from when I made that decision and I made that stand and I quit my job. I, it's like two different lives. There was the me before that moment that I made that decision and went into silence. And then there was the me after. And by the way, for the next year, I didn't talk on the phone to anyone. And I, was, I wasn't on a computer at the time. I didn't know how to type or anything. So it was like snail mail with, with parents and things. Um, it was just, a, I just knew that I had to grab that moment, grab that faith and put heart and soul into this thing. I knew I could do it. And I knew it was the right thing to do. And then here I am 10 years later, like you said, and I'm getting ready to publish my 10th book now. Wow. I have so many questions. I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) That's an incredible story. I think probably most of the listeners are going to want to know what you actually did in that time period when you were really immersing yourself in everything that you included in the book. And because we all would love to to see that result. And, you know, I think the important piece that you mentioned is you really immersed yourself in it. You didn't do it halfway. You did it 100%. So could you go in a little more detail of exactly, or at least the key, the key points of what you did during that time period that really helped to transform your life? Yes, certainly. And um, let's see. Um... I'm opening up to the table of contents of my book here just to mm-hmm. kind of have a reference point because, and I want to mention something too. You said I put myself, you know, like 100% into this or whatever words you used. And I like to tell people that for me, mind power or metaphysics, law of attraction, some people call it, it's not like a hobby or like a practice. It's not something I, I do. It's something I am mm-hmm. and it's a way of life. So it's not a hobby, folks. It's a way of life. And if you really do um, put yourself into this, you, you will just astound yourself and, and those around you with, with the results. But for instance, um, desire is the first um, chapter in the book. So yes, I, I basically increased my desire. I, I knew that this, this is the thing I need to do. There's nothing else for me. There's nothing else in this world for me. It's this thing. And desire is, is what moves us forward. Without enough desire, we don't have the the impetus. We don't have the drive. And so I I really increased my desire even more than it was. So if people want to make a change in their life, they need to increase their desire. This is so important. I don't want people to just gloss over it. That's why it's the first chapter in the book. I was using the various techniques, which we'll we'll move into, but, uh, you know, chapter two is on belief. I increased my belief. I mean, I believed, I knew that I had to do this thing and that I would do it. And I, and I had so much faith you know, that I, I could do it. So I had to believe I came to expect, I mean, like, this is what I am. I'm a self-help author, chapter three, expectancy. And then chapter four, money mindset. So I, I was having all of the thoughts and feelings the money in my mind be um, conducive of a strong money mindset, those types of thoughts and feelings that would tend to attract money as opposed to repel money or keep me stagnant. Uh, I'm looking at chapter five is money goals. I didn't set a specific goal, um, but I just knew that something really, really big had to happen. 
to, to get me out of that debt and to carry me and to help me cover my expenses to try to publish a book and all of this thing. And um, now number six, the chapter six is think end results. And I was totally just seeing myself thinking the end results I wanted, that money is coming in. I don't know where from, but it's coming in. And I'm just at home and I'm just writing and I have a book out there and, and uh, you know, all of these wonderful things. Uh, think end results. I was thinking that. Think and feel as if is chapter seven. Totally thinking and feeling. I, I had this feeling in me, this joy, this anticipation that was building. And of course, I'm reading my books. I'm reading quotes from other people, arranging. I, I quote 160 people in my book. So I was arranging the quotes and, and immersing myself in all of this. So I was definitely thinking and feeling. And, and basically, the, the technique is, uh, as I've coined the phrase and, and uh, define it, think and feel as if you always want to strive to think and feel as if those financial uh, outcomes you want to see come about either are now or will be reality. And I was totally doing that. And uh, then we move on to chapter eight, speak as if. Now, for the first 10 days, that didn't apply. But after that, anytime I would speak to someone, in the, and I'm pretty much a recluse even at that point and still today, but anytime I would speak to someone, I totally would speak in positive. No, this thing's going to happen. You know, when this book's given, I would even speak as if, like this book's already published. I'm a, I'm a, f- a famous uh, self-help author you know, with multiple books, and speak as if. It's a very powerful technique. And we can go back and, and look at any of these that you like, mm-hmm. but act as if. Oh, I was so totally acting as if. If I really had all the money that I wanted to have to be able to do what I would want to do, I would quit my job. I'd stay home and I'd write books. That's what I do while I was acting as if. The money wasn't there yet, but I was totally doing chapter nine, act as if. I was doing chapter 10, my affirmations, you know, that, uh, you know, money flows to me freely. You know, I'm a published self-help author and, and affirmations like that. Chapter 11, visualization. I totally had the pictures in my mind, even the images when I was, you know, not formally visualizing with relaxing and see, you know, in my mind and all and closing my eyes and all of that. But I was seeing the end result, seeing me happily typing, you know, seeing my book cover up on Amazon. Environment is very important. It's a big subject, but I totally had it. the environment uh, created that uh, in that room that I needed to to uh, empower me to do what I needed to do. Organization is chapter 13. I was totally organized with my, you know, where everything was and what with my processes, procedures, the the, the orderliness of the, that room I was in, laws of money, and we can go into those, but there's certain uh, laws of money. Uh, so really, I've never been asked that question uh, exactly like you've uh, asked it, but here we go. Chapter 15, intuition. I totally was being inspired and knew what I need to do and, and knew just, you know, things that I had to know even to help bring the, the six figure uh, windfalls into the house uh, plans. I definitely had my list and stuff. Chapter 16, right livelihood. I was totally in my right livelihood. I mean, this is what I was born to do. And I was doing it even before the money came. Chapter 18. This is amazing. Now that I'm looking at it, I haven't skipped one yet. Chapter 18, self-image. I totally was revamping my self-image as seeing myself as not only a person who who was a writer, but who was capable of being a successful writer and who also was deserving of having the rewards of doing that. Uh, Personal energy. I have a chapter on that, which is kind of unusual for a book like this, but I was totally, I was doing some fasting. I was eating an extremely, you know, clean diet and I was getting good sleep and, and that whole thing. And then radiate financial increase chapter 20. 
I was totally just radiant. I mean, every word out of my mouth, every thing, interaction I had with anyone, it was all uh, positive, productive, high energy, uh, and, and in line with financial increase. So I'm really glad you asked me that question because you said, you know, you were actually doing what's in the book. And I just looked here. And yes, while I was in that attic room for the next year, uh, and especially for that first 10 days, which was just power packed, I was actually doing everything in this book. And that's amazing to me. It might be amazing to other people because I never really looked at it that way. But now that I went through all these chapter titles, I was totally involved and enmeshed with each and every process. I, that's amazing to me. And I think it's so powerful, especially to anybody who reads your book, because as you mentioned, when we first started talking, it's one thing to know the concepts. It's a whole other thing to live them. And I think a lot of people who talk about law of attraction and, and manifesting things like that, it's, and, and not everybody, and I'm not trying to talk negatively, but it's a lot of regurgitation of the same information. But you, you did not do that. You lived it and you saw the results and, and then you wrote about it in kind of like a step-by-step format almost with all the different concepts having their own chapters. So I, I think that's amazing. And I'm trying to now just think of what I want to pick out of this to ask you a little more about. And the first thing that came to mind were chapters six, seven, and eight, think and feel as if, speak as if, act as if. And maybe this is a little bit of a selfish question, but I'm personally interested because I know that when I, especially when I was first starting my business, people would ask what I was doing and I kind of like fumbled all around when I was telling them, I really wasn't even clear in my mind. And I almost felt like a fraud. You know, I, I was starting all these projects, but I didn't have any success yet. And so I didn't even want to tell other people about it. What you're saying is the exact opposite of what I did. And I think if I would have done this, I would have seen much more success and a lot faster uh, success whenever I was starting my business. So can you talk a little bit more about the thinking and the feeling and the speaking and the acting, even when you don't have it? And in particular, how you kind of battle your ego or your fear who's telling you, no, you don't have this. Why are you lying to people? Why are you lying to yourself? I'd just like to know a little bit more about that process. Certainly. And uh, the, the way, as far as ego and fear and things like that, it's like my, my, my process is to uh, focus on what it is that I want. And uh, when you're thinking about what you do want or how you do want things to come about, you don't really have fear. The, the, you mostly have fear when you're thinking about the way you don't want things to turn out. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like to approach the, from from the positive. And of course, it's always good to to be humble and to be able to say, okay, well, this person might think less of me because I'm saying this, and and the and the fruits of it aren't there yet. And but I, you know, like I can't worry about what people think. I mean, I, I mean, if I was worrying about what people think, I mean, everybody I knew thought I was crazy. I mean, he's gone off the deep end. He quit his job and locked himself in an attic room, and he's $50,000 in credit card debt. He can't deal with reality, you know, that kind of thing. I knew that that's what people would think. But I, So you just have to move forward, and you just have to live your life um, for you. So looking at chapter, um, the concept here in chapter 7, think and feel as if I open that uh, with a quote. I have uh, eight quotes in every um, chapter. 
And uh, so eight times 20, 160 quotes. But I opened the chapter with this quote. It's from Harold Sherman, The New TNT, Miraculous Power Within You, 1966. And uh, Harold Sherman wrote, what you put into your mind in the nature of your thoughts and feelings is what subsequently materializes for you in your outer world. You know, end quote. And, you know, power packed. I mean, what, I mean, just what you put into your mind in the nature of your thoughts and feelings is what subsequently materializes for you in your outer world. And that is so real. It's so true. Anybody who knows metaphysics and mind power, law of attraction knows that's true. But how many people really take it to heart? And how many just read a few books and then they're still going around thinking negatively, feeling negatively, having fear, not having confidence. So, you know, the stuff works, but you got to work it kind of a thing. And so that I was totally in that, just totally thinking and feeling as if this thing, I, I already is it, it was it. I already had all the money I needed. The book was already published and just, you know, uh, all, all of that. I was thinking and feeling as if it was absolutely um, true. And then you mentioned uh, chapter eight, speaking as if. And uh, I have two two nice quotes here I like to use from this chapter sometimes. I mean, there's there's they're all good, actually. But uh, the two I most often refer to is this is from Julia Seaton, The Science of Success, 1914. And she wrote, if we listen to the words of the failure multitude, we will soon learn that by their words they are justified and condemned end quote and that's powerful that's basically saying hey you're going to get what you speak whatever comes out of your mouth it's coming into your life and when people start to understand that i mean when i really got that lesson i don't speak about anything financial or my business or you know just a person i mean anything that i don't want to come about uh, Georgiana Tree West in Prosperity's Ten Commandments, Commandments, 1944, wrote, the laws of mind go into operation through our words, end quote. And here's another one I'll toss in. Walter DeVoe, Mystic Words of Mighty Power, 1905. Thoughts are living things, and spoken words give to thoughts a body of physical vibrations which makes them still stronger, end quote. And so we all know, most of us who are enlightened today know the power of thought. But uh, Mr. DeVoe is saying that it, our words, spoken words, give out to thoughts a body of physical vibrations, which makes them still stronger. And if people would get that one message, you know, if people don't buy my book, never hear of you or me again, and all they remember is, you know what, I got to be careful what I say. Mm -hmm. From now on, I'm not going to say anything that I don't want to create, and I'm purposely going to speak what I want to create so that I can help draw it to me. If that's the only lesson they got, they would transform their lives. They would transform their, you know, their finances. That's just one tiny technique out of all of these that I'm teaching, but it just that one, you could take it and run with it. Just like I used one affirmation, one technique affirmation with one specific affirmation to get out of $10,000 in credit card debt in a four to six week period and received a gift for that. Any of these are extremely powerful, but you have to do them and then act as if um, I open that chapter. This is Henry Harrison Brown from How to Control Fate Through Suggestion, 1901. And he wrote, live as if it were already manifest and you shall find it manifest. 
that is the power of act as if. I mean, it's one of the most powerful and important metaphysical techniques there are. They all are powerful. They all are important. But this one, uh, maybe even a notch up, because this is the real test, you know, the litmus test or whatever, because people say, oh, I'm creating this and I'm doing affirmations and I'm doing that and, and I have my goals written down. But are they acting as if they actually believe what they're trying to create and saying they want is going to come about? Or are they still being totally fearful? Are they still covering all their bets? Are they still not taking any chances? Are uh, they trying to create a lot more money, but they're still scared, to, afraid to spend just a little bit of money on something fun for themselves, even though they have the money in their pocket, but they think, well, I might need this money later and not have it. So act as if is huge. And there's no, there's no better example I've ever heard than mine of acting as if. I mean, you know, quitting my job at that point uh, and in that much debt and then just doing the, just sitting upstairs and, you know, in that attic room and just totally 100% acting as if I had everything I needed to be able to do exactly what I was doing for the rest of my life. That's the power of act as if. And if you're not acting as if, that means that you're not really doing all, you're not developing your belief, your expectancy, and you're not, you know, doing the other techniques to a high enough degree. Now, if you really believe, if you really expect, uh, and things of that nature, then you will just naturally start acting as if. But here's the thing, even if you don't have the belief or expectancy yet, if you start acting as if anyway, uh, in spite of that, you know, through courage, then that will help to increase your expectancy and belief. And that's the beauty of not only the way I've laid the book out and the order I've laid everything in, but the, everything interconnects. You can't do any one of these things we're talking about without inadvertently doing others as well. And that's why you can just pick one technique and bulldog it and have a great success. Because when you're doing that one technique, you're inadvertently doing others. You know, in other words, if you're doing affirmations, well, those images are arising in your mind. Uh, and you're, you're by default and definition speaking as if and everything else. So they all interact and that's the great power of them also. Oh, I love that because I think that a lot of times people will read a book or they'll hear a new concept and they think it's an all or nothing. They have to do everything or else it's not going to work. But I love how you presented it that, no, just pick one thing. If it, Pick what you can do, and then it's going to lead to others. It's going to just naturally bring uh, the other acts and the other concepts forth within you. And I want to get into the metaphysics and the law of money in just a moment, but you mentioned affirmations. And so I, I am curious about what affirmations you personally used, if you're okay sharing that, and just if you have any tips on affirmations for people that are just starting off with this. Right. And, and to start out, I want to read a quote because this will help put the power of affirmations into perspective. Uh, this is from uh, this. I opened the chapter with this Henry Thomas Hamblin, dynamic thought uh, published in 1921. And he wrote, not only do affirmations impress the subconscious mind, thus producing action in accordance with the will, but they project outwards from the mind into space attract forces and help from other sources and bring them to minister and to bless and end quote and that was definitely the case with the ten thousand dollar windfall with the, with the two six-figure windfalls is that it happened like things happened outside away from me to bring those to be it was nothing i could have done 
other people had to do things to bring that money to me. It was, that's amazing. And so I want people to first understand the affirmations um, that it, this technique is extremely powerful because it not only affects your own abilities and what, you know, uh, you'll recognize in your environment as being opportunities and this and that, any psychologist or psychiatrist can tell you that. You recondition your subconscious mind, you'll act different. You, your abilities will even increase. Your aptitudes can increase. It's amazing. But it actually goes further than that. It goes out into the world and affects people, conditions, circumstances, other people's thoughts, feelings, and actions. That's the great power uh, of mind power. And, uh, and working it through affirmation is one way that we make that happen. Um, now, I don't actually remember any of the specific affirmations I was doing for the $50,000, uh, you know, when I was in debt and, and attracted those two windfalls. Um, they were just, you know, like I, I am a successful self-help author, that kind of thing. Like I didn't have them. I don't even have them anymore. But indelibly embedded in my mind is, but, but it would be something like that. People, you know, I am a successful self-help author. You know, I stay home all the time and write. I'm so happy and grateful now that my my book, uh, you know, is uh, been you know my book has been published in other languages, and I had that in my mind at the time. That may have been one of my affirmations, and um, but I do remember indelibly, you know, burned in my mind uh, when I got the ten thousand uh, dollar windfall to get out of the ten thousand dollars in credit card debt, and I got the gift, um, and that was all of my credit cards are completely paid off. That was it. And that's the beauty of an affirmation. And that's a great example of an affirmation. It's short, it's concise, it's to the point. It states the, um, with the outcome as if it's already happened with no reference whatsoever to how it came about. And because we don't want to limit the ways and means. And uh, so anyone right now who's in debt, you know, I'm so happy and grateful now that that, that, uh, you know, my car is paid off or now that my credit cards are, you know, now, now are paid off or whatever. So happy and grateful now that I'm debt free. You know, people that are in and out of debt, I'm so happy and grateful now that I remain to be debt free. Um, uh, I, I talk in the in the chapter. These are short chapters. I mean, you can read this whole book in a, in a sitting or two uh, about, you know, specific ways to, to go about making affirmations. But just with what I've said already, people can sit down, write a concise to the point statement about what it is they want it as if it's already happened. And then you just start, you just, you do that in your mind, you do it verbally sometimes, and uh, it reconditions your subconscious mind. It crowds out negative thoughts to the contrary, and it makes things happen. Awesome. And I think the point to really focus on is you're saying it as if it already happened. So you're not saying I will be out of debt, but I am out of debt. Exactly. Exactly. I know that for me, I use affirmations. I, you know, I'll say them to myself just, you know, in the morning and things like that. But I personally use them a lot to combat a lot of the worry. So like the debt or financial worry, saying the affirmation when those worries come about that I am debt free, I am grateful for my wealth. It really helps to stop that worry before the worry really builds momentum and replace those negative thoughts with more, much more positive and powerful thoughts. So I, affirmations, I can't speak enough for affirmations. They really well, are powerful. Yeah, and that's a really great point. Uh, and I like how you put that because, you know, some people think they have to, there's something to fight. Like I have to overcome my fear. I have to overcome my doubts and this and that. And and how you are handling it from what I'm hearing and how I handle it is I don't, 
worry about my doubts, my fears, or any of that. I turn completely away from that and put my mind on their opposite. Mm-hmm. That's what I feed. And by feeding, you know, I am grateful that, you know, I am out of debt or I, I am so happy and grateful that this is happening or whatever. That's where the, the power is. There's nothing, you know, that which we uh, resist persists, as everyone knows. And then a new one I came up with that's in one of my books, uh, we give might to what we fight. And anyone can quote me on that one because I think it's a great quote, but I am the originator of that one. And I can't believe somebody didn't think of it before, actually. (laughs) I love that. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We give might to what we fight. So Mm -hmm. don't worry about your fears and, and just whatever it is that you think is in a way you don't have to fight that thing. And if you do, you're going to make it even harder on yourself. You're going to feed energy into that, whatever it is. Turn your mind to what you want to do, what you want to be, what you want to create, and then just keep focusing back on that, back on that, back on that. This other stuff, it'll die of its own dead weight through lack of attention because any of the mystics and even quantum physicists, you know, we're just coming to the understanding that attention and focus is a creative process. You know, the 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 uh, observer and the observed are not separate. Everything we're looking at, we're not only seeing what's there, we're creating what's there. We're holding it in place. We're we're making it weaker or we're making it stronger. We're making it, you know, worse or we're making it better through through the mere act of observation. So I tell people, turn your attention to just keep it. You know, somewhere in the Bible it says, you know, whatever things are of beauty and this and that and good report, you know, think on these things, and that's such a powerful lesson. Turn away from all the negativity, the fear, your own inadequacies. Put your mind on what you want and keep it there. And that's what your mind will create. That's what the subconscious mind in in concert and in connection with the universe at large will bring into your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know that I will actually send some love to my fears and that kind of helps stop some of that resistance because it can be really easy to argue with yourself. But as you were just mentioning, all that does is just put all of your focus on that negativity and on that argument. So I want to kind of shift a little bit more towards the laws of money. And can you expand? I, I feel like you already started talking about them with the focus and attention and and those concepts, but can you talk a little bit more for our listeners so that they know what the laws or money are and what they can do to start attracting it into their lives? Okay, certainly. And uh, I start out that chapter, that's chapter 14 in the book, uh, with a quote from Robert A. Russell, You Too Can Be Prosperous, uh, Studies in Prosperity, 1950. Uh, And quote, there are certain laws that govern the acquisition of riches. Once these laws are mastered and applied, riches follow with mathematical certainty, end quote. So certainly all of these other things we're talking about, you know, uh, visualization, thinking as if, speaking as if, affirmation, they're all laws of creation, you know. Uh, so they're laws of money if applied to money. But but I identified basically five key areas. And I'm not a big fan of the word laws because, you know, in metaphysics, there's a, basically a law for everything. <laughs> and uh, even in modern day life, there's a law for everything. But, uh, but, but it's a good word. Uh, but these are basically five um, tendencies or call them laws of money. In other words, the way money flows through the universe, what causes it to flow, what causes it not to flow. So the first one is that um, 
money goes where it flows. And I'm just going to refer to my, my book here because I have it so concisely stated that I, I would just, you know, belabor points that are already just, you know, whittled down. Mm-hmm. So money goes where it flows. So circulating money attracts money, stagnant money repels money and invites loss. And I tell people, for instance, um, it's better to spend or give money wisely than to hoard it fearfully. It's better to put it in the bank than at a home sa- in a home safe. Now, I'm not saying that you know banks are necessarily safe even or a good place for money anymore, but it's just the concept um, that you know when it is out there, it is available for other people to use. So circulating money is good. Stagnant money, hidden away money, money buried in the backyard, that's not necessarily good, and it can it can cause lack and even loss. And the second one is money goes where it's welcome. So, of course, people should show the universe that they're open to receive. And one great example I like is that I tell people, if you see a penny on the ground, pick it up, pick it up. Here you are trying to create money, attract money with mind power. Here the universe is giving you free money right in, right under your feet. And you can't be bothered to bend over and pick it up because you're embarrassed or whatever. Never turn away one single penny because that's what will grow. You want to keep the door open. You want to allow money to come in from every source. So money goes where it's welcome, number two. Number three, money goes where it's appreciated. And of course, we want to be grateful for all the money that we, you know, gratitude is an extremely powerful uh, magnetizing force to bring us more of what we're grateful for. So definitely be grateful for the money you have, everything you've always had, even the money that you don't have yet because you have that strong of a faith that you will have it. And the fourth uh, law of money or tendency of money, as I've identified it, money goes where it's respected. And so many people fall down on this one. And so examples of respecting money, showing your respect for money, demonstrating that you have it, spending wisely, saving saving and investing carefully, uh, pay your bills on time, keep good financial records, get professional help and advice when you need it. That's if you really respect money, those are the things you're going to do. Money flees from people who don't respect it. And you, you just, from those few things I've just read, you, you can see that people with a lot of money, they, they're totally doing that. They're spending wisely. They're saving and investing carefully. They're paying their bills on time. Everything that's here, they're doing. So number four, money goes where it's respected. And number number five, which is also a stumbling block for some people because they don't feel they have enough to give or when I have more, I'll give. But money goes where it's given out from. And so we need to give the universe back part of what we receive. You know, if we're in a mindset that we have so little that we can't freely share and give any of it, then we're creating the circumstances that will keep that in perpetual um, you know, validity. Um, but the point of that is really an interesting point is that it's never true. It's never true. I just saw a video on uh, YouTube last night. You know, they were they were filming the guy and he didn't know, but the guy gave a homeless guy some money. And then the cameras followed him while he went and bought food and went out and gave it to other homeless people. So here's a guy on the street with no money. Come to find out his his wife's on the street with him and she's pregnant. Mm. And here he is giving to other people. So you, anybody listening to this who has a computer or a phone or whatever, they have more than that guy had, mm. and he had enough to give. So uh, once again, just in a nutshell, money goes where it flows. Money goes where it's welcome. Money goes where it's appreciated. Money goes where it's respected. Money goes where it's given out from. If you skip any of these, 
you're really doing yourself and the universe a disservice, and you're you're just putting yourself in a weaker position to be able to attract money if you're not doing all four, all five of these to a fair degree. I love how straightforward and simply you presented those. And they really are very simple concepts, but I know when you were talking, I'm thinking like, eh, yeah, that's one that I'm probably could be a little better about. And I'm sure a lot of the listeners are thinking the same, you know, they're simple concepts, but they're ones that we resist doing a lot of times. So that was right. very helpful. I can honestly, I have so many questions for you. I could talk to you all day, <laughs> um, but we, we do need to wrap things up. And, you know, the listeners can get your book, uh, How to Attract Money Using Mind Power. And, you know, the chapters really are just so straightforward, laid out. Every single concept is well-defined, well-described, and teaches you how you can just simply apply it in your life. Um, So can you tell us, James, where our listeners can find you? Where should they go to follow you? Okay, well, the best uh, place to start is just go to my website, jamesgoijr.com. So jamesgoyjr.com. In the lower right-hand column, I have all the little social buttons. So you can follow me on uh, or connect with me on Twitter. And I've got several Facebook pages and, you know, wherever else I happen to be. Those are the two I'm most active on, but I want to get more active on the others. But I'm on a whole collection of LinkedIn and all of that. And uh, But when people do go to my website, they can uh, join my mailing list. So basically, they're subscribing to my free monthly Mind Power and Money e-zine. So every month on the first of the month, they'll get an email from me. I've been doing this more than 10 years now. They'll get an email from me um, talking about these principles, teaching them, you know, motivating them, helping them to attract money. And when they do that, when they subscribe for the free e-zine, they'll get a free PDF copy <clears throat> of my book, Attract Money Forever, which is a companion book to How to Attract Money Using Mind Power. It's not written as a manual like this one. It's actually longer than this book. It's uh, written more conversationally, but Attract Money Forever is a companion book. It covers all of the same material, all of the same 20 subjects as, uh, as, the, as the main book does, and that's uh, free. They can get the entire book free as a PDF when they subscribe to the free monthly um, e-zine. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Um, And I'm going to put all of Gene's links below in the notes so that you can easily find him and you don't have to write down anything that he just mentioned. But I definitely encourage anybody who is interested in this, even if this is the first time you've heard about it, I encourage you at least to sign up to get that free book. I mean, that's an amazing opportunity. So thank you so much for offering that to us. I'm very happy to do it. Thank you. Yes. And thank you all for listening to this episode of the 9 to 5 Dropout Show. Again, all of James' links will be below along with the link, the 10 Steps to Starting Your Business, which is a free PDF and video course. Thanks for tuning in. I'll talk with you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the 9 to 5 Dropout Show. Be sure to check out the links below to enroll in the 9 to 5 Dropout Academy and receive your free gift and mini course. Let us know what you thought of this week's episode by rating or leaving a review.